Welcome to episode 201 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. Today, Adrian and I discuss what to look for in a home inspection. Hope you enjoy. Hey, buddy. Is that the start? That's the start. <laughs> how are you? Good. How are you? Good. Today, talking about what to look for in a home inspection. Uh, pretty relevant right now. A very appropriate. It's been, aside from recently, when was the last time you, it's been near a, a year, I would well, say. Oh, so I know this exact answer. Okay. Because I just completed a home inspection last week. Uh, for our wonderful Jennifer. Yeah. The last home inspection I did was actually for a client that you were helping to purchase. I think I ended up doing the deal because you were away or something. And it was for a home in Dundas. And it was uh, almost two and a half years ago. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. That's crazy. That was the last home inspection that I was a part of. So for those of the people watching or listening, the reason we've not done home inspections is because you basically couldn't. There was so much competition. That Always recommend it. Oh, of course we recommend it. I mean, I would, I would do it personally if given the opportunity. But when the market is so hot, sellers just were not accepting offers where there was a condition of any kind. Right. Uh, let alone if a you, home inspection. If you wanted to get the home, you had to go in as firm as you could. Yeah. Well, and when you have a home inspection, the seller's risk is that they put their home into a conditional status during which time most buyers are not looking at the house. They assume it's going to firm up. They're not considering it. They don't want to get excited about it. So they look at other homes. So you're missing opportunities. A lot of agents don't even a want A lot of to, agents won't even. Right. Yeah, they'll, they'll say, put, oh, it's sold conditional uh let's yes. wait and see what happens with it exactly and it is you know whether it's a home inspection or a mortgage uh, approval there in any condition is a reason for a buyer with cold feet to get out you know if somebody wants to get out of the deal depends how the to. clause is written but most of the clauses will it, it's potentially a walking stick for the buyers right because a lot of them will say at the buyer's sole and absolute discretion. Right. How do you argue with that? You can't. Exactly. Legally, you cannot. There is no gray area. It's at their sole and absolute. That word absolute. Unless you had, you know, perhaps there's this, a case where you had an absolutely perfect home inspection, which doesn't happen. There's always something. But if you had a perfect home inspection. Never happens. Right. But if it did. Maybe they'd have a case. Maybe. Yeah. But even something as small as, oh, we thought the windows were 2020. They're actually 2019. Right. Absolute discretion. Yeah. So in in a court, um, there is no gray area with that. Right. So what anyway. are home inspectors looking at? What are you looking for during a home inspection? And also we should talk about how do you handle... Uh, issues. So if you have a deficiency in a house, what are the different ways you can handle it? What are realistic expectations? So backtracking a bit, a home inspector in the province of Ontario is not required to be licensed yet. Right. 
There are certifications there are, they can get. I was just going to say there are. They're not governed. They're not governed. So two, three day course, you can get a certification. Um, a lot of home inspectors have contract experience, like they were contractors mm, yeah, or they were builders or, you know, you see a lot of transition from the blue collar industry into um, the home, home inspector world yeah. Yeah. yeah and there's different kinds of inspections right like you've got well inspection is, septic yeah they're all very separate different areas of expertise but a typical home inspection for what am, am i making noise over here it's my chair rubbing on the leg i can't help it i'm trying i'm trying to adjust the feet so they're not touching the leg of the chair i'll move over yeah well the cameras are on i'll me. stop fidgeting sorry i'll hold a pen there you go can, can we add that to the list of what we need to get in the media department? Some, some stress balls for pens work too, Fidget but they're noisy when you make drop noise. Them. Um, so a typical home inspection, let's say on a two thousand square foot home, you're looking, depending on the type of inspector, about five hundred bucks is reasonable to budget for. Yeah. Um, it should the size and the age of the house are usually the, the variables that determine it. Right. And two hours, two and a half hours, something along those lines. Is, could be more. Could be more. Could be less, depending on the house. And the inspector. And <laughs> these, a lot of variables. These guidelines are totally out of whack. Yeah. Um, how do you hire home inspector what would you recommend well the you could ask your realtor for a recommendation most agents will have you know a few uh, home inspectors they work with regularly um, you could also revert to reputable brands um, or you can simply go and do the research yourself I mean that's typically what I do if I want to hire somebody you know you go look at local uh, Facebook pages or forums and you find conversation about these topics or you just Google it. Look for Google reviews, whatever. It's not yeah. hard. Yeah, there's a lot of reviews out there um, that should be able to guide you in the right direction. Yeah, I, some some people will bring in their, you know, handyman parent right. or... My brother's a contractor. Brother's a contractor. I don't think those people are looking as thoroughly as a home inspector. Well, like home inspectors are very thorough with getting up into the attic and, you know, and, you know, so I wouldn't rely on your buddy that's a contractor. Right. Well, those contractors probably specialize in one specific area um, and maybe they have general knowledge on other things. So... You know, a carpenter, as an example, that is into building custom homes may have insight into some of the components of the home. But in a thorough home inspection, you want you want a thorough inspection. Well, they may not, you know, if it's an older home that may have a higher possibility of containing materials that have asbestos. They may not be familiar with that stuff. You or could have asbestos, aluminum wiring, high-tech plumbing, high plumbing right. um, knob and tube wiring. Like there's so many different components that creates a home which have changed so much over the years. Right? Yeah. Well, and even having the right materials. Tools. Yeah. Like carpenters probably not, and maybe, but they may not have the infrared camera. 
moisture like meters, moisture meters. So a drone. Yeah. One thing that's interesting with home inspectors is I find as a realtor, it's really important to uh, have home inspectors that know how to communicate because in many cases, there may be an issue that arises in the house and somebody that has no personal skills, they're not personable, they just don't know how to communicate. They can turn something small into something big, scare somebody off, and then that, that buyer misses an opportunity to buy something because they get completely turned off where it was potentially an easy thing to remedy. Yeah. You could have the opposite as well where a home inspector, if you know, depending on your realtor, if a home inspector and a realtor have been working closely together for a long time, the home inspector might want to preserve that relationship and not screw up the deal for that realtor. So potentially there is something big and they make it out to be smaller than what it actually is yeah. uh, to not, you know, break that deal. So you, you really got to do your due. Well, we always talk about doing your proper due diligence and hiring the right realtor. Um, and an important component to that is the realtor's network, right? Like a, a good realtor is going to have a good home inspector, a good mortgage agent, a good lawyer, all at their disposal. Um, so that goes kind of hand in hand. Oh, completely. Like a sketchy realtor, questionable one will have questionable mortgage brokers, right? Who forge documents. You get what you pay for right across the board. Yeah. So it all starts with, the the process starts with the real estate agent. So if you find a really good, reputable agent, usually the people they're connecting you with are similar. So the title of this podcast is What to Look For in a Home Inspection. So obviously we are not Not that we're condoning doing it yourself. We are not home inspectors, but we have been through many home inspections with many different inspectors and many different types of property. Um, So you as a realtor, you're at the property with the home inspector, with the potential buyers. At the end of the inspection, what are... What are the red flags that you are sitting down with your buyers and you're saying, hmm, this is... And I'll give you my examples from the inspection I did last week. Okay. So I I find... Well, first of all, I think maybe twice in a decade has a home inspection revealed deficiencies that result in a deal falling apart. Right. I've had one. Yeah, it doesn't happen often. You know, usually uh, there's a everything's fine, or the, diff, the the problems are manageable, or you can come to an agreement of some sort with the seller if you need to, whether it's compensation or repair. Um, I find the ones that are most so I I would say the ones that are most important just from a being aware of perspective for new homeowners when they're moving in, like which things should we address to ensure there isn't things problems down the road what proactive repairs can we do uh outdoors like caulking uh grading um windows like if you have wooden windows and wooden door frames garage door frames like painting those things if they're peeling because they'll rot whatever those sort of proactive maintenance items can save you tons of money down the road sure um inside i'm a big fan of 
the attic, making sure you properly inspect that. Quite often we'll find bathroom fans that aren't connected. So the vents are venting into the attic, which causes excess moisture buildup, which can result or may have already resulted in mold, uh, which people get scared as soon as they hear, hear that word. But quite often that's relatively easy to uh, remediate as well. Um, but those are the big things, I think, you know, foundation, structural, exterior, attic. Yeah, so the inspection that I did last week revealed a lot of those maintenance issues. So I think it's important to understand as a buyer you have, when you do a home inspection, you obviously, or more, more likely than not, will have an agreement or a clause in your agreement, condition in your agreement, again, going back to that sole and absolute discretion. So you have a period of five business days where you can bring a home inspector in, get a home inspection done, and then make a decision if you want to move forward or not. Generally, you have three options. One, accept the home as it is. So the home inspector did their thing, uh, told you what's right and wrong with the house, and you say, oh, that's good. We can live with all of this. And you sign off on that condition. Option number two is you walk away from the deal completely. We found stuff that we're not willing to accept. We don't want it remedied. We don't, we don't want the house anymore. You get your deposit back. You walk away. Option number three is you have the seller remedy, whether it's a deficiency, an issue of some kind, whatever. Get a fix, provide proof, have it done by a certain date. Yes, depending on what it is. Or you renegotiate. Which option do you typically resort to? <clears throat> I don't. Assuming you're not walking away. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I've only had a deal that we've walked away once in the last 11 years. Right. And that was a mold issue. And the initial issue happened because of, like you said, the bathroom exhaust wasn't venting to the outside of the house. It was venting right into the attic. Uh, this specific buyer had three small children. And the attic, the not only some of the insulation, but all of the basically all of the wood in the attic right. had black mold yeah. because the fan had been pumping in the steamy shower, shower steam uh, into that attic for years. Well, and that can be even, the severeness of that can be elevated if all the soffits are covered with insulation. If so you get no lack of airflow. If there's no airflow, yeah. makes it even worse. <clears throat> Excuse me. So... That's the only one I've had somebody walk away from. If you're looking at the other two options, do I renegotiate the price or the terms? Or do we have the seller remedy? I always lean towards negotiate the price and the terms. Reason being, even if you create a clause in that agreement that says the seller agrees to... I don't know, hire XYZ company and repair XYZ problem no later than 
January 1st and we'll provide a copy of the paid invoice to the buyer and buyer representatives no later than December 15th. Even if you write in that clause and have an amendment, so you remove your home inspection condition if they accept this new clause, it's leaving it in the hands of somebody else. Right. Well, most sellers aren't going to opt for the higher quality solution. They're going to opt for the right. most and you feasible see what financially. A, what a lot of mistakes that realtors make is when they insert that clause for the seller to repair something, it's so vague that it leaves, it just leaves too much up for interpretation as to who's going to do the job, how's it going to be done. Um, and let's face it, even if you hire a reputable company to do something, usually those companies will have more than one way that they can get the job done, the easy and cheap way or the expensive and timely way, right? Especially right. if you get into things like painting or um, even plumbing, you know, the, the type of materials that are used can be uh, different. So I always like to negotiate the price and who doesn't love to get a home for less money um, and then leave it to the to leave it to the um, uh, buyer to yes. complete those tasks now that they know exactly what's wrong and they can ensure that it's done, done right. Well, and the only exception for me would be if there's things where the quality doesn't really matter uh, because it's just a, maybe a service more than, you know, right. like pumping like, out a septic system. Like, I'd like it pumped out before I move in and provide proof. Correct. Um, or something that's weather dependent, closing the pool or maintenance to a pool. Like those things, you may not have much of an option. That does happen, especially so, if there's uh, water penetration issues yeah. or grading issues. And let's say you have a longer closing, like you have a 90, 120 day closing you might not want to wait because it's leaving the home susceptible to potential problems. Yeah. Well, and you can't, I mean, you can negotiate anything. So you could even negotiate that the person has it, the seller has something repaired by a specific company, Correct. right? Maybe you could get them to agree to use your preferred I do that company. all the time with pools. Yes. Especially if the pools are closed. To open it? Yes, right. who's opening the pool or if there is something wrong with the pool, who's repairing it, who's closing the pool. If you buy a home with a pool in September, the pool is still open. But if you're closing in November, December, the pool is closed. Yeah, when you need to be uh, dealing with those matters. I've had instances where we bought a pool, but they weren't, or bought a house rather with a pool. They weren't moving in until the winter and the homeowner typically would close it on their own, but our buyers wanted the peace of mind knowing that time. a company closed it. And then that once it came spring, they could use the same company who is now familiar with that pool to open it. Yes. We have talked about pools and pool holdback clauses. We're not getting... In, that's off topic. Previous, that's off topic. No, but I'm just saying in previous podcasts, we have talked about that. Yes. So if that's something of interest to those of you listening or watching... 200 episodes of great content that you can learn lots about real estate. Something important about pools, though, 
as it relates to home inspections and what they'll look for is they won't do a thorough inspection on a pool. That's a separate thing, but they will look at things such as such as advising um, about the You're talking about a typical home, a inspector. typical home inspection, what to right. look for. Yeah. So a home inspector will often uh, give you advice on the condition of the surrounding area of a pool, like degrading or right. degrading con concrete, stuff like that, um, as it may affect the pool. But if you're concerned about the condition of a pool, you can get separate or the pool, pool equipment. Yeah, you can get separate inspections for that stuff, which is a good idea because a sure. new heater might cost you five grand. Yep. If you're not budgeting for that, it's good to know what condition it's in. Hundred percent. So, last week had a home inspection. Home is fifty odd years old, and it was an estate sale. So nobody living in the home. It's vacant. Right. So probably no warranties, all that fun stuff. The correct, the owner that owned it passed away, was old, passed okay. away due to just being old. Natural causes. Natural old person. Okay. Died. <laughs> so sometimes you see that and you think, all right, this person was, whatever, 85 years old. There may be maintenance issues because they don't have the capacity or the time or the money or whatever to necessarily be on top of everything, right? They certainly weren't up in the attic recently. Correct. Yeah. So when you go into a property like that, you always assume, and I said to our buyers, we will find a lot of maintenance stuff. And our home inspector is certainly going to find a lot of issues. Um, so there are things that you expect. So caulking, missing around. Well, the other part of that vents. too is the uh, the people handling the estate probably have zero knowledge about the condition of the home. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. Not only do they not know what's wrong, they probably assume there's stuff wrong. They're probably afraid that there's more stuff that they don't know and they probably don't want to deal with all of that crap. Yeah, so you they need just, to be very thorough. Yeah. And you all automatically will know, in this scenario, I automatically knew we might be able to negotiate something just based on that knowledge of us knowing it's an estate sale, nobody's living in there, it's vacant, don't know what's been maintained and not maintained over the years. And the executors probably just want to move on with life and, and get the deal done if the deal was structured well, right Well, and then their response to anything will probably be like, oh, geez, well, I didn't realize that was a problem. And now, you know, it's a reasonable request versus, right. you know, a homeowner. If you have a home inspection. Yeah, uh, home a, home inspe a homeowner may be able to build a story around it or justify right. something. But. So in this case, the windows are still in good shape, but they're old. We knew that because the windows have a date stamp on it um furnace and ac we assumed because the ac looked like it was 30 years old which it probably is um but then you get into you know more detailed stuff like there was some aluminum wiring that hadn't been pigtailed and the proper receptacles and switches were not installed so now there's a cost of bringing in an electrician and potentially getting an ESA certificate for insurance purposes. Um, the bathroom fan 
again, some of these older homes. That was um, at that house? Yes, it wasn't vent. Oh, no, it wasn't the mold house. Oh, no, no, this was the recent inspection you did. Yes. yes. It was very common. The bathroom fan, not only was it not working, it wasn't venting to anything. Yeah. So it was just venting into the attic, and luckily no mold or moisture issues. So they probably weren't um, creating too much steam uh, in in the bathroom. So luckily, um, we didn't have to deal with that. Um, but you get a laundry list of all these things, and it all adds up, right? Especially if you're not that handy or you want to bring in a pro. You got $200 here, $300 there, $500 here. Um, so it all adds up. So the nice thing about having this inspection is the inspectors will give you a summary. And in that summary, with a knowledgeable realtor that has experience, you'll be able to ballpark. Okay, this will cost you about 500 bucks if you're going to bring somebody in to do it, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It's also good to keep in mind that, uh, you know, there's things that should be done immediately for safety reasons or some things that are want to do, not so much need to do. But it's also realistic to think that the homeowner had they not have sold, could have lived there for another 10 years without doing any of it. A lot so, of times, yes. So, you know, unless you are you know, go in open-minded is all I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. I, he'll go around the front. It's probably locked. That's where he's going probably. Oh, did she? Okay. They're hoping to get him on camera. So... What do I look for specifically? What do you look for specifically? I should have asked you that. Well, you kind of did, and I kind of had a roundabout discussion, but um, I look for things that we can negotiate. (laughs) It's that simple. Um, The home inspector will provide enough due diligence to the buyer that the buyer can make an informed decision whether or not they want to move forward. If the answer is yes, we want to move forward, move forward the first thing that i look at is there is there anything that we can negotiate i'm trying to save my buyers as much money as possible of course so you got to think how the deal was structured and can is there wiggle room well and for those things that's often things are there any items that were not blatantly obvious yes right like if can i find something that the other agent will like, probably didn't know, but either like, oh, the fridge water dispenser is broken, or you know something subtle, but it needs repair that nobody right. knew about. If you walk up to the house and it's missing the front step, and you got to leap three feet to get into the front door, right? Um, don't try and use that as a negotiation tactic because you knew that when you presented the offer. Exactly. Um, if something comes up, that where... was a good post. Just trying to help with the. Uh... Time stamping, whatever time that is. Right. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, now, if something like mold in an attic, well, you didn't bring your ladder to the showing and pop your head up into the attic to and check it. In most cases, the owners have no idea. Right. And they're usually cooperative. Like, I, right. I they're need like, to fix this now. Holy crap, there's mold in my attic? Yeah. Exactly. I don't want to live here either. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you also have to be careful. What I have found over the years is there are sellers that are shady too and try and cover stuff up. Yeah. 
I've had clients kind of beat around the bush about a problem, uh, like not want to disclose it. Right. You know, obviously we advise them you can't do that. If you know about it, you have to disclose it or, or repair it, get it fixed uh, right. so that it is no longer an issue. Um, so, yeah, a lot of that happening. Yeah. Well, even with this estate sale, nothing was disclosed in, in the listing. And I called the listing agent and I said, uh, was there a, did somebody die on this property? Right. And he didn't know. He had to go back to the executors and, and find, f- found that, yes, uh, there was a natural death that occurred. Yeah. Which you don't have to disclose. Correct. But to some people, it, it could persuade them one way or another on whether to offer or how to offer on the home. That So it could give you a negotiating tactic uh, to a degree. Yes. And a stigma, while by definition, you know, I'm, there is a definition to what a stigma is, but a stigma could be something different for different people. It's left for interpretation. Right. Yeah. Um, you may not ever want to live in a home where somebody else died. I mean... Right. If the current owner knows about it, because <clears throat> it's realistic to think there's a lot of houses out there that have oh, changed sure. hands many times yeah. and maybe had a few deaths in it, right? Yeah. You live somewhere on the Danforth in a 200-year-old 200, 200 semi-detached home. It's for sure somebody died in there. Yeah. Um, good chance, anyway. Oh, another thing to, about sketchy sellers and home inspections is... And we always advise our clients about this because people store things in their basement if it's unfinished quite often Yes. during the listing period is avoid putting things, packing things against walls Yes. so that people can see what's behind there. Don't try to hide cracks. Right. Because a crack may not be an issue, but if they find it afterwards during a home inspection and it looks like you were trying to hide it, then it becomes an issue. Correct. You know, how, to what extent is that crack? Is it leaking? Da, 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 da. So try to make everything very accessible yes yeah uh, if you obviously you can't inspect what you can't see so i like that we'll right. end on that all right well get a home inspection if a, you can yeah hopefully this uh, gave you all a few tips leave your comments below Thank you for listening and watching episode 201 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. Leave your comments. Make sure you like. We want to hear your feedback on this. Hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll see you next week.